I'm Ezra Fieldsmeyer. And I'm Casey Cantrell. And welcome to Animation and Beyond. And this is episode 11. I thought last week's episode was episode 11, but I was wrong. Hmm. This is episode 11, and we have a very special episode today. And why is that, Ezra? Because Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker is out soon. That's right. We're talking about Star Wars today. It's It was bound to happen at some point that we'd be talking about Star Wars. And for that occasion, we actually have a special guest who will be joining us in a few minutes. But for now, we have a trivia question to answer. The trivia question is, what was the name of a Disney film that was that was in development since the 40s but never saw completion? Right, and what was the answer? Chanticleer. Tell us about that. What was that movie about? Chanticleer was based on a pre-World War One French play. It was in development since the 40s until mid-60s. And it never saw completion, and it was the idea of that was eventually scrapped, and it was going to have music in it with birds and like roosters and also a sneaky looking box. But some of the ideas from that s- film did eventually appear in Robin Hood. Like what? Like the fox and the chicken characters, and as and also some of them also appeared in the former Disneyland Tomorrowland attraction called America Sings. Okay. The idea for that, which Disney never produced later went to a film from the 1990s made by Don Bluth called Rock-A-Doodle. Well, that's a pretty deep cut for sure, Ezra, and a great trivia question. So stick around till the end of this episode to get our latest trivia question. Let's get started on our feature presentation. still waiting for our special guest. He should be here soon. But for now, I think we could get started just talking a bit of the background of the latest Star Wars film that's going to come out. It's called The Rise of Skywalker. I don't know how I feel about that subtitle, but it's the final part of the what's been called the sequel trilogy. And we're going to see all these new Star Wars characters that we've come to known and some familiar characters from earlier movies so who do we know is in this movie so far ray finn bb8 mm-hmm. r2d2 and c3po as well as posthumously with carrie fisher yeah i'm curious to see how they handle her role in this movie given that she passed away two years ago actually just few few years ago three years ago yeah right you're right she passed away before the last jedi came out I'm just going to be curious if it's going to be a mix of CGI or if they have old footage and that they're able to repurpose for the movie. Billy D. Williams is in it, reprising his role with the return of Lando Calrissian. That'll be interesting as well to see how that character has or has not changed since we last saw him in Return of the Jedi. And it's also a surprising return of the evil emperor. Yes, so that was a big reveal in one of the trailers is that we haven't actually seen him, I think, in any of the trailers, but we've heard his infamous laugh. And so he, it's unclear yet what role he has in the movie and how involved he is in the plot. So we're going to wonder why they're bringing back Palpatine. Right, especially given that he 
died in Re- Return of the Jedi. I remember, yeah. There's still a lot that remains to be seen about how this is going to end. Kylo Ren is in the movie. There's going to be a big showdown, I'm sure, between him and Rey at some point. Another thing about this movie is that J.J. Abrams is coming back to direct it. He's the writer and director. Just like he directed the new Star Trek films. Right. But he was also the writer and director of The Force Awakens, the first movie of this trilogy. It's great. J.J. Abrams did new Star Trek and he's a... And he also did new Star Wars of two classic science fiction franchises. Right. Although very different science fiction franchises. Because Star Trek existed before Star Wars. But also Star Trek is is a little less focused on... So Star Wars is, is like classic sci-fi where there's space battles, there's laser fights, there's all the lots of action yeah. and lots of stuff like that. Star Trek is, is, I'd say, more philosophical in its nature. Like a bit more sophisticated than Star Wars? I, yeah, I would say that. Although Star Trek nowadays is a lot more like Star Wars, and which, in my opinion, is unfortunate. I'm a huge Star Wars uh, Well, I like both. I like both. Sure. But I'm definitely a much bigger fan of classic Star Trek. Than New Modern. Which was a lot more focused on debating and talking like, through problems. Like that had starred, you know, Leonard Nimoy. Well, my favorite, I mean, not to make this about Star Trek, although I would, I always love to talk about Star Trek. Uh, my favorite series is The Next Generation with Jean-Luc Picard, played by Patrick Stewart. Like some of the later ones that Leonard Nimoy was in before he passed away a few years ago. He was in, was he in all three or just the first two, the first two Star Trek films that were directed by? I'm not sure, though. I think he was in the first two, though. Uh, and by by the first two, I mean the ones directed by J.J. Abrams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now let's go move on to Star Wars now. And I think our special guest is here. Uh, look, look who it is. Hello, my friend, Alan Niku. Here, let's give him a round of applause. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank so you. this is our special guest for today, Alan Niku. He is... A friend of mine and a friend of Ezra's. We're both very familiar with him. Yeah, very. I've known him since middle school. And Ezra, how long have you known Alan? Oh, I think since five years ago when we went to Camp Ramah. At yeah. least. At least. And yeah. and what was Alan's role at Camp Ramah? Oh, for a couple years, my coordinator for the special needs staff group called Ezra Staff. Well, it's great to be here. Yeah. Well, to start, so Alan, I know that you work in what is called the industry. Yes, the steel industry. What is it that you do for work? So I work in the film industry. Um, I do I do some editing. I, I edit. I work on movies and TV. I do some writing. I do some editing. And I do some sound work, so like foreign dubs and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us some examples of movies that you've worked on? Uh, no, I actually can't. Oh, that's a, that's against um, the law. But I do I do work on a lot of stuff. I do audio description, mm-hmm. which is where you describe what's happening on screen, and we write scripts for that. Um, and it's for the blind community, for the visually right. impaired community, to be able to watch movies. And that's actually a lot of fun. If you haven't had the chance, like just go on Netflix, in like the subtitles thing. It'll usually, for like the Netflix shows themselves, they'll have one that's for audio description. 
And if you turn that on, what it is is there's like a narrator basically yeah. who in between bits of dialogue will explain what's happening in the scenes. It's great for um, the visually impaired community. And I also think that there's an application for the millennial community, you know, um, who basically can't look at a movie without looking at their phones. So it'll tell you what's happening. You know, you can look at your phone and play games and you can still watch a movie. That movie theaters that do allow cell phones, like movie theater policy, turn off your cell phone. That's interesting. But those are those in that case, cell phones on allowed. I guess I mean more when you're streaming at home. Yeah. Not in theaters, but at home you're saying. Exactly. But but you actually can do audio description in a theater. You can ask for special headphones. Those are like for people with disabilities they have. Yes. Right. That's so cool. Like, I think one example of that I remember was Incredibles 2 and also Coco had that feature. Yeah. They, pretty much all theatrical movies have it now. That's great. Yeah. Anyway, Alan, guess what we're talking about today? Star Trek? That's right. No, no Star Wars. <laughs> I was just joking. I heard you were doing Star Wars. Yes. So that's... That's great. Are you excited about the new movie? I am excited about the new movie. Why? I'm mainly excited because it's gonna. It's supposed to be the last of the nine, <laughs> and that is exciting to me. I'd, I'd like to see how it all concludes. Right. I want to see what they do, what they answer, and what they don't answer, and mm. what. Yeah. So I think officially this uh, nine-part series. I guess it's that's what it is, is called the Skywalker Saga. Yeah. Which makes sense. The prequel trilogy covered Anakin Skywalker. The original trilogy covered Luke Skywalker. And this would suggest that there's another Skywalker, which I have mixed feelings about. Which has not been revealed yet. Right. So what are some guesses about who the secret Skywalker character might be? Mm, we are not sure yet. If there is one. I mean, it's possible that they don't have a secret Skywalker child. Because there's been a lot of fan theories that Rey is secretly Luke's child or related to Luke in some way. Well, we'll find out if she is or not. I suppose so. What are you excited about, Ezra? That it'll ha have return of Lando Calrissian. That's good. I'm, I'm excited for that, too. Yes, and we've talked a little bit about that already. So for people who don't know who Lando is or don't remember, can you explain? He was a friend of Han Solo's who was also a gambler. He was an anti-hero at first who betrayed Han Solo, but he was later the reformed hero. And it seems like he's coming back to pilot the Millennium Falcon. But so, I mean... You know, we could speculate endlessly about what's going to happen in the new movie, but as you pointed out, Ezra, we're going to find out soon enough. So I think this is just a good opportunity because it seems like this might be the last of, like, the trilogy-type films for a while. Yeah. I'm not sure what Disney's plans are for the next batch of Star Wars, because there will be more Star Wars. But let's reflect on the Star Wars that have been and why we love these movies so much, why they have meant so much to us. I know that, Alan, you and I, when we were kids, we, I mean, well, I guess I don't know about you, but I watched those movies so many times. Yeah. I had them on the, like, VHS yep. that came with commentary from George Lucas, Same. which I always fast-forwarded through. <laughs> Interesting. I think I remember the original Star Wars home video releases, too. Yeah, right. the special edition or the original? 
Yeah. Well, I think. Do you remember? I think there have been multiple special editions, oh, like true. like the unaltered trilogy releases of the classics from 2006. Right. That include new CGI elements, thing or new scenes even. Or like, for instance, the special editions versions of Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi had additional characters who didn't appear in the original version. Can you give a, an example of one of those? those characters for instance the special edition versions of star wars they added job of the hut and um return of the jedi there were some additional characters for the max rebo band scene that's right yes and and one of the more horrifying additions i think to to star wars lore i like that part (laughs) like for instance they added three singers as well as a redesigned version of Size Noodles, one of those singers in Jabba's Palace, along with with a creepy looking um, furry brown creature called Joe Yowza. I like I like the part where they're singing and you see the inside of an alien's <laughs> mouth while and like the, the her uvula are, are ah. vibrating. Oh, and, what I'm saying yeah, is that was a good good addition. What in I'm my saying book. is though he that character I'm saying who was called Joe Yowza. I think that's just one of the funniest names for a Star Wars character. <laughs> That is a funny name because Joe is such a normal first name for us, but Yowza is such a weird like, like, last like name. A, like a funny word of excitement. Exactly. And Joe, but his name is J-O-H instead of J-O-E. Ah, ah that's the Star Wars it's element. A, yeah, it's a strange combination of names. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think Return of the Jedi is the movie I have seen the most times in the world. Of all the Star Wars films? Of all the films in the world. In general, like that's great to hear. I think I've probably seen it at least eighty times. Eighty yes. times, I've I've seen it at least ninety times. Oh. I'm not sure how many times I've seen each Star Wars film. Uh, yeah, but you've seen them a bunch of times, right? Yeah, I know the idea of Star Wars came to be when George Lucas created it, following the success of the 1971 movie American Graffiti. Yeah, do you know how he came up with the idea of Star Wars and what inspired him to make the movies? No, do you know? (laughs) So the Star Wars movies, I know the original ones at least, they drew a lot of inspiration from serials that George Lucas watched as a kid. So examples being like Flash Gordon. And you can look it up. There's a lot of videos online showing different inspirations that there's one example of like any of the space battles they're modeled after this like world war ii movie world war one movie world war one movie of like a dog fight with airplanes and it's like similar cinematography similar angles i think even similar dialogue star wars originally was just a lot of different inspirations from lucas's childhood that he just kind of cobbled together and created something a lot bigger yeah there's um hidden fortress was another one right right kurosawa movie that's like a lot of where the c3po and r2d2 storylines kind of came from and even copies shots from it i think you know people don't realize that like nowadays so many things copy star wars i feel Mm mm-hmm but what I think a lot of people don't realize is that Star Wars itself copied a lot from a lot of different things. Mm, yeah. But it created something original based off of that. And clearly it was a huge, huge hit when the first one came out. 1977. A New Hope. Although it wasn't called A New Hope back then. No. Just called Star Wars. 
And the reason why is that they weren't actually sure if they were going to be able to make a sequel to it. So they, they just made a basically a standalone film with A New Hope, which is why it's probably the only Star Wars movie that you can just watch by itself. And it's a complete story in and of itself um, mm. for the most part. But all the other movies in the series definitely are telling a bigger story. So you can't watch really Return of the Jedi by itself without seeing the other films. Yeah, like, and when I first got into Star Wars, it was in 2005 when the final of the prequels called Revenge of the Sith was released. And at first I got a little confused when I watched it, but later I understood it better. Why Why were you confused? Because it was episode three and then... <laughs> If it's made after, why is it set before? It's I'd learn the term later. It's called a prequel. Right. So what are some uh, other examples of prequels that we know? Like, remember the other two films they did, The Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones? But I'm saying for prequels, for instance, one of them was for the Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, prequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Was it? Wait, it really was a prequel? I didn't know that. Yeah, it was. Huh. Okay. And also, Monsters University from Pixar was a prequel to their hit movie, Monsters, Inc. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I know that there's a lot of cases where there are movies that kind of straddle that like prequel, sequel thing. So like Godfather Part, <laughs> Godfather Part 2. I was exact, thinking the exact same thing, where it's both a prequel because you see the story of Vito Corleone and a sequel because it follows the events of the first Godfather as well i see yeah you know they they do crazy things with movies sometimes it's true so the that was the first was that the first star wars you saw ever or what of what i saw yes in a theater was revenge of the sith okay so the first one you saw in a theater when it came out in 2000 summer of 2005 when i was nine years old alan i imagine the first star wars film you saw in theaters was the phantom menace yeah Right. That's true. Yes, I know. It was released in 1999. And did you ever see the Attack of the Clones, the second prequel, released a few years later? I did, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I saw all of them a couple times in theaters. And the first one, uh, Phantom Menace, came out when I was eight years old. I see. Interesting. Origin story of Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan. I recently rewatched that movie. Um, Does it hold up? No, definitely <laughs> does. You're a fool. <laughs> so when the prequels came out, I think that they were not well received. By the end, I think Revenge of the Sith overall was a much less mixed bag. But I do know that Attack of the Clones was widely panned overall. But the response, though, from what I've read online overall was actually not negative, but mostly mixed. However, they made a lot of money. I'm guessing. <laughs> yes. Which is which is by one one standard of rating movies, that right. means they were very good. Well, because they were very successful. There has even been a two television shows set after Attack of the Clones and before Revenge of the Sith called Clone Wars. There's been a lot of spin-offs. I mean, we could we could have a whole episode just talking about the spin-offs like of Star in, Wars. Like two Saturday morning cartoon shows in the 80s, one about droids and one about Ewoks. It's true. Have you seen the Ewok? Have you seen the Ewok movies? Ewok Adventures, that was a 1984 TV film set before Return of the Jedi. Have you seen it? I don't think I have, though. But one of the main characters who first appeared in Return of the Jedi who was, was Wicked W. Warwick, one of 
one of the names of one of the Ewoks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you seen them? I have seen them. Yeah, I see. Do they hold up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm saying the Ewoks look different from what they look like in Return of the Jedi. It's, it's interesting because uh, Disney has really, really just geared up on the whole spinoffs thing. But there was a time where I'm thinking in particular the Christmas special, which it's now like a cult film, basically. Yeah. It was also the first appearance of Boba Fett. That's true. That's true as an as a animated version of him. But it was interesting because basically Lucas doesn't acknowledge it. And I think there is, there's, I don't know how true this is, but there's this rumor that like back then was making attempts to destroy every copy of it because he just didn't want, it was, he was so embarrassed by it. I see interesting though, and it was also introduced other Wookiee characters, like cousins of Chewbacca. Yeah. Yeah. His wife, his grandpa, who was named like, they, they had weird names. I think his grandpa's name's like Stinky or something. I think he also had a cousin or a nephew. Yeah. Some, they're there's cele- a child. They're celebrating the holidays. They were so. They have what a holiday. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. You remember it was like it was All called? Lives Day or something. Oh, yeah, something like there that. There was also. In 2016 and 2018, a Star Wars standalone film. First, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, mm-hmm. which I heard reused footage of the late Peter Cushing's Grand Moff Tarkin character from the original film. I don't think it reused. It, it The kind of controversial part of that movie is that they actually took this character from the original Star Wars and made Grand Moff Tarkin, Vader's henchman. Right, and they made him a CGI character. So they had a real actor acting out the role that what they they overlaid him with a CGI version of that looks like Peter Cushing. Because he died in 1994. Right. So that part wasn't so well received because a lot of people were concerned that was it respecting his memory which is is a big which is a big question now of if they can revive dead actors with technology it's like should should they do that i'm not sure it's debatable and the second star wars standalone film which they did released in 2018 was called solo a star wars story have you seen that one i saw it and it was an origin story of han solo when he first meets chewbacca Mm mm-hmm and then there was also Kira, played by Game of Thrones star Amelia Clark. And it also, there was that character, remember, who turned out to be a plot twist villain. Oh, that's true. A spo- a spoilers. Tar- Spoiler alert. For those who haven't seen it, though, but I'm sure you have seen it. Yes. Yes, we have seen it. But I'm saying as though he was betrayed Han later, I remember. I also remember it also had young Lando as well when Han first meets Lando Calrissian. Yep. Played by Donald Glover. Who this year played Simba in the new Lion King movie. That's right. It's a small world. Um, yeah, I I was not a big fan. A, a little known fact about Casey is that his favorite Star Wars movie this is, is, not true. is Rogue One. It That's is his not true. One. Rogue One is my least favorite Star Wars oh. film. I did not like that movie. I thought it was miserable. It wasn't fun. It had Mon Mothma from Return of the Jedi, who also appeared in deleted scenes in Revenge of the Sith. Wait, which one was she in? Revenge of the Sith in a deleted scene, but for in Return of the Jedi, I'm saying the Mon Mothma character, who was a rebel leader. She was also in Rogue One. Oh, she was in Rogue One? Yeah. Yeah. She she was, yeah, she was there. I guess I remember that. Who also appeared was Dr. Cornelius Evazen and his sidekick Ponda Baba, who were minor villains from the original Star Wars. 
Oh, those are the cantina. The cantina those guys. guys. Those, That's those right. Pair of those thugs. Yeah, mm. I, I did not enjoy that. They <laughs> but I'm saying those scary gangsters. You remember? They were there. Yeah. Yeah, though they were sub two. They were a pair of thugs, weren't they? Yeah. Right. And when you see them in in Rogue One, you're you're reminded of A New Hope, and you're like, oh, this is Star Wars. I know. I see in that. So in case you forgot, because you know that they only appeared in one part, so they were minor villains. Very minor. So th- that's what in the industry they call fan service. Yeah. Can yeah. Can you explain as a member of the industry? <laughs> as a member of the industry, yes, I'll tell you about fan service. It's anything that is not necessarily in the movie to help the plot or to develop the characters, but it's there because the filmmakers know that the fans like it. So it's like a nod to the fans. What are some examples of fan service in Star Wars in general? Rides at Disney attractions like the new Star Wars area. Sure. And Star Tours. So we can talk about that, but Alan was talking about is things in the movies that are basically references back to other Star Wars movies. Yeah, for instance, I think at the end of Return of the Jedi in the special edition version, it did show celebrations on three other planets, Tatooine, Bespin, Naboo, and Coruscant. Coruscant. However anybody prefers to pronounce it. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good example of fan service because, yeah, in the original movies, they weren't there, right? Except there was Cloud City, though, and also Tatooine. Yeah. But they, but they added in, for example, Coruscant in the new version. And also Naboo from the prequels. Right. So in the original version, there was no footage. It was just on the moon of Endor. But in the new version, they had scenes mm. of people celebrating on those planets. And also in the later versions of Return of the Jedi, when it shows Anakin's spirit, the late Sebastian Shaw was replaced by Hayden Christenstein, who played Anakin in, in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. That's a great example. There's also lots of fan service in the newest trilogy, which... Mm -hmm. Like in one part of The Last Jedi had a spirit of Yoda. That could be an example. What were you thinking of? You could argue that like Luke's lightsaber was more fan service than anything else i think i think the way that they revealed like the millenn- the millennium falcon mm. that was kind of fan service because like even when you watch the camera move it swings around to reveal that it's mm-hmm. the millennium falcon and it plays and the then it music plays the, and it's the like beat yeah and the it, theme like it's very clearly the filmmakers are trying to make the audience go oh yeah look it's star wars right which i think in terms of fan service they did that very successfully They're yes very good at fan service very good at fan service um, and rogue one your favorite movie the entire <sighs> i'd say the entire ending of that movie if not the entire movie in general is mm. fan service it's, like it showed at the end leading to what the beginning of the original star wars would be exactly it's tying back to to something that we've already seen that we already know I bet you can think of examples from like Pixar movies and from Easter eggs in Disney and Disney Pixar films. For instance, there is an Easter egg of Sebastian from The Little Mermaid in in Aladdin and an Easter egg, for instance, of Nemo in Monsters, Inc. But are there any Star Wars references, Star Wars Easter oh. eggs in these movies that you've seen? Like in the second Toy Story movie, Buzz, when we see here in Breathing, it sounds like the Darth Vader breathing. And Zerg is kind of like a parody of Darth Vader when he says, Buzz, I am your father, parodying Darth Vader. Yes, yeah, that's a very good example. good example. Or in Mufasa and the Lion King was played by James Earl Jones. Who was, what, what did he do in Star Wars? The voice of Darth Vader. I can't remember, but I think 
originally it was planned that, or no, I think what the the actor who played Vader. So there's somebody else in the suit. I can't remember his name. Yes, there was a yeah. There was an yeah. actor in a British guy. Yeah, some British guy Something with a P. And he acted out the role of Vader. Later on, they came in and dubbed over his voice with James Earl Jones. David Prowse was the original actor for Darth Vader. The name. You so You know, rely on Ezra when you can't remember a name. <laughs> Ezra knows. His last name was started with P. Exactly. Right? There you go. David Prowse. What I've heard or what I've read is that he was under the impression that he was going to be the voice of Vader. And he didn't find out until the movie came out that they had dubbed him over. And he apparently was upset by that. The original voice for Yoda was famous puppeteer Frank Oz, who did many Muppet characters like... We did talk about Frank Oz a lot recently. Fozzie Bear, Animal Miss Piggy, Cookie Monster, Grover, and Bert. Yeah, he was a big part in Sesame Street. As well as the Muppets and Labyrinth. That's true. (laughs) Labyrinth is great. Do you have a do you have an impression of Yoda that you do? Fear not. Do not try. There is no try. That's good. That's good. And there is an introduction of Baby Yoda in the new show on Disney Plus called The Mandalorian. Yes, Baby Yoda. He's become quite a thing. I actually haven't watched The Mandalorian yet, so I don't know anything about Baby Yoda, but I don't I'm curious if this is like related to actual Yoda or it's the same species. I have no idea. I know, but it's interesting though that the name of the actual species of Yoda is unknown and nobody knows what kind of a creature he is. Apparently, so the thing is when we first meet Yoda in the original trilogy, he's like 900 years old or something like that. So apparently in The Mandalorian, he's 50 years old, which for, I guess, his species is Is infanthood. Well, you know, we've been talking about Star Wars a lot. So maybe we can wrap up by talking asking questions to you, Niku. <laughs> we could ask we could ask Alan some questions about Star Wars or you in general. And you in ge- yeah, what's what's your favorite food? Oh, I love baklava. And mm. um, well, what do you do as a job currently for a living? Well, he already talked about that at the beginning of the episode. All right. I can, I can tell you what I did today. What did you do today, Niku? Today, I did some writing, and then I also did some, some dubbing, because there's some stuff that was in another language and had subtitles, so I read in English over the subtitles. Nice. So you recorded. I did. I recorded. Nice. Yeah. This is my second time recording today. You're an artist. That's true. Yeah. My voice is in high demand. That's crazy. And uh, so I, I kind of did what James Earl Jones did with David Prowse. Oh, you stole somebody else's thunder. I'm Darth Vader. Is, <laughs> is what I'm saying. <laughs> so, you know, I am both of your father. <laughs> mm. What other what other questions can we ask you, Alan? Do you still work at the film school in USC that I went to like nearly a few years ago? I don't. I I finished there. I graduated. Uh, but, I, but I did actually visit the film school a couple days ago, and I thought of you, Ezra, because I saw that Bart Simpson statue. And you even had a picture with, signed by Nancy Cartwright. Exactly. So I saw that. We, we, went, we walked around the film school. We looked at the Kung Fu Panda sculpture mm-hmm. that's like... That even, had, of course, had a picture with as well. And also the original poster for Toy Story. Let's, let's remember that this Kung Fu Panda statue is life-sized. So it's, that's amazing. It's like It'll about, look like the title character from DreamWorks Animation's award-winning franchise it's like nine feet tall <laughs> oh my god i know it's yeah. crazy and it's just by the water fountains all right well this is getting out of hand let's close up i'm gonna close with one last question for all of us how many times are you gonna see 
the rise of Skywalker Ooh. in theaters? For me, I think once. Just once. Because I more of shorter, like, family animated ones, I see more than once in a theater. Oh, okay. I have seen all these new Star Wars movies, I think, twice in theaters. Mainly because the first time, I've just been so basically trying to figure out all the questions I have that I don't even fully experience the movie the first time I see it. The first time, I'm just kind of like, oh, it's Star Wars. <laughs> and so then I have to go again and watch it again and mm. really just watch it as a movie. So probably twice. Mm. You know? And maybe if somebody else hasn't seen it and really wants to, I'll go a third time. But if I go a third time, it's going to be at the discount theater matinee. <laughs> I'm not yeah. paying more than five bucks for this movie. <laughs> you know, Disney has enough money. And I th- thought the exciting area, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, they've added at Disneyland, which they also have at Disney World as well, was really exciting and fun. Very cool. Well, how many times are you going to see it? Well, so my pattern for the last couple of films through various circumstances i've seen both of those films four times each wow. in theaters i remember seeing the last jedi and i thought it was a really long movie <laughs> it was it wasn't it like it's two and a half one? hours i think, I think it was the longest star wars yeah, movie the, so the longest until that was attack of the clones yeah yeah so not necessarily by choice because i saw it with family i saw it by myself for la- I want to say The Last Jedi, yeah. I worked at a video game company that just took us all out to the theater and paid for us. Mm, and yeah. so through these various reasons, I've seen all those films. So I'm sure that I'm going to end up seeing this movie four times right. for various reasons. And then Rogue One, you, of course, saw no. 96 times in theaters because no, that's my favorite movie ever. <laughs> no, nah, no you're, you're joking, Miku. I am joking. I am joking. Um, you're going he only he only wishes that he saw it 96 times in theaters because it's that good <sighs> in his book. I mean, I think it's pretty good. On that note, let's let's wrap up this episode. All right, so that will be our episode today. A big thanks to our special guest, Alan Niku, for joining us and talking about all sorts of things. We got a little <laughs> off track at the end, but, you know, that's just the, the fun of doing a podcast, right, As Yeah. As always, if you enjoy what we do, consider supporting us on Patreon. Our page is patreon.com slash animation and beyond. Supporters get access to exclusive content, so be sure to check it out. I got a trivia question. Yes, and so before we let you go, we have a trivia question to give you. What Star Wars Legends villains who appeared in this in a trilogy of three novels who appeared in the Star Wars Rebels animated show from 2014 to 2018. I actually think I know this one, but I'm going to save my answer for our next episode next week. But if you know the answer, be sure to give us a shout on Facebook or send us an email at animationandbeyond at gmail.com. Animation and Beyond is written and produced by Ezra Fieldsmeyer and Casey Cantrell with music by Noam Fieldsmeyer. We'd like to give a big thanks to the family and friends who have supported this podcast. Got a comment, question, or recommendation for future episodes? 
Let us know by leaving us a comment on our Facebook page or send us an email at animationbeyond at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Animation Beyond. Bye! See you later.